From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland edition for the week of January 10th, 2013. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malatawilli, and Tony Spatel, plus our special guest Michael Bowling. Wayne will be back with us next week. In this week's show, Mary Jo talks about visiting Disneyland under challenging circumstances, and Michael talks about Walt's love of trains and how they inspired him. All that, plus this week's news... Roundtable Rapid Fire, and our Diz Boards Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me back. And Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. Hey, Michael. Uh, let's talk about housekeeping. Mary Jo, did you have anything? I had a couple of kind of quick ones. Okay, go ahead. Um, back in December, we went to Knott's Murray Farm. I went with a couple of girlfriends, and our main goal was to one eat at the chicken restaurant okay and two was to go to the crafts fair and since it was a friday we had to pay full full theme park price to get in the park and i have to say that next year i will make sure to go between monday and thursday because it was not worth the price to, to to go see it um they did have some crafts there but it's just the diversity of the different crafts, it's just not there anymore. So if they don't change something, I, I can't see that it's any draw. And that's probably why you have to pay the full price ticket because people aren't paying just mm-hmm. to go see that craft fair because they don't have enough unique items there to bring people in. Wow. I, I really hope they change that. So... Um, the other housekeeping that I had was just a reminder that the AP early entry has begun. It'll be going through the the middle of April, right. and that's where I believe on um, Sundays people can go to annual pass holders can go to Disneyland Park. Uh-huh. Saturdays, um, California Adventure Park. Right. There, you don't have to sign up like last time. So I'm really excited about this that we can go as many times as we want. Um, except for, I believe it's Martin Luther King's Yeah, there's like weekend. three weekends, three dates. Yeah, three dates. It's uh, Martin Luther King's holiday. You can't go on either of those days. And on Sunday, February 3rd, you can't go. Okay. So no, We have those dates up on the on the site, so I'll make sure I put a link to all our early entry information in the show notes. I have to say, whoever keeps that up is really doing a good job, by the way. Some days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, anybody else have housekeeping? I do. Okay. We're talking about the Dumbo Double Dare and mm-hmm. the uh, Disneyland Half Marathon Weekend. And you were all excited about that, weren't you? I was all excited until I saw how much everything cost. Uh-oh. Um, Disneyland Half Marathon, it, it hasn't officially gone on. Um, I, how can I not be articulate enough to say this? Registration has not officially opened. There we go. Okay. Um but, um, right? Am I correct on that? Sure. I think so. I've checked. I've clicked everywhere. I can't register. And I can email, get an email reminder. So if I'm not mistaken, I think it's January 22nd when it opens. But that Disneyland Half Marathon is $175 by February 19th, then $190 between February 20th and April 16th, 
and then 205 after April 17th. Half marathon. I know it's a lot of money, but it's half marathon. Here's where I was a little frustrated. That the Disneyland 10K, so if you want to do the double day. Inaugural Disneyland 10K. You're right. And inaugural is $95. So wow. if you do the 175 plus 95, then they charge you an extra 10 to do to the, get double the special double, double dare menu. That's $280. I might as well just buy a pass and not run. And the problem That's is they know. So I, and I'm sitting there actually, and I'm sitting here going, I can't really afford that. I shouldn't spend my money on that. Yeah, but that'd be so cool. Cause they know that people are thinking of that, but. Two, that, so after February 19th, you're looking at $300 for the two races. That's an expensive that's weekend. That's crazy. Yes. And that doesn't include accommodations or the... Or the, con- or the concierge lounge. Well, that didn't happen. It doesn't include the $8,000 a plate um, pasta party with the DJ. <laughs> it's, I, I'm exaggerating the $8,000, but that's a but lot But not by much. Money. No, the double... Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, so now, now I'm thinking about this. Okay, so let's say you did, the, the, well, we did the 280. Okay. And mm-hmm. then you've got the, the dinner I think was like last year, wasn't like 50 bucks. So like we're that, at yeah. 330. Let's say you just get a cheap, you could end up blowing like a grand for one person. Mm-hmm. So you I could mean, run. yes. I know. I'm so, I, I, now I appreciate the people go, why would you spend money to run? Well, I would spend a little bit of money, but now, not... does that include a park ticket? Not that I'm aware of. Let's so uh, no, because I signed up for this. No. So if you're visiting include... and wanted to go to the parks as well, that's another yes chunk of change. I might as well go to Alaska with you. There you go, <laughs> July 29th. I'm cu- yeah, and you can run around deck four. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm curious though. I'm not a runner. I mean, the most I do is you know run yeah. to the dinner table. But um, <laughs> what? How does this compare for entry fees at non-Disney races? Um. They, oh, they're these are way more expensive. They are way more expensive. I know that like the Rock and Roll Half Marathon, which are they they're all over the West Coast and a lot of and I think they have bands play and those are very popular. Series of half marathons and pricier are um, $85 for a half marathon in Los Angeles. And that's the cheapest. And then 110 if you're like the week before. And then 150 if you show up basically that weekend. That's mm-hmm. still $25 cheaper than the, the Disneyland one. Yeah, Disneyland ones are outrageously expensive, but if you like Disney and you like running, but no, they're way more expensive. They, and they sell out every time. And they sell out at that, that, the Tinkerbell sold out in literally 30 days. As I was deciding whether I wanted to run in it again, it was too late. I mean, do you get wow. more swag at the Disney marathons? I mean, you I know, know you get cool looking medals. You get, okay, you do get a pretty cool medal. The shirt is higher quality, not for that price. It's, it's, I think it's that you're running in, it's you're a Disney fan and you're running in the parks, but it's we not run like, in the parks at Rope Drop. I mean, it gets yeah, exactly <laughs> right, right. Walk and with I, purpose. And I, I hate to go down this road, but I'm starting to think. You know what? Because so let's look for that same price. Not that I want to run this much. I could run two different marathons for the price of half marathons for the price of one. Mm-hmm. And but you don't uh, get to see a castle as you run. No, that's true. Well, I could run up to Hearst Castle, San Luis Obispo, and just <laughs> run around, but 
But the thing, what's interesting, sorry, now I'm like, we're going off, but, um, is. And we never do that. I know, but I like, so as a runner, even though I haven't run for a while, um, Mm. when I do the race, I try to appreciate it, but I don't. Cause I'm sitting there going, I want to beat my time. I want to beat my time. I want to finish. I want to finish. And I don't really appreciate the coolness of running Disney. And that makes me think that maybe I should stop running and with Disney because I'm, spending money basically for the shirt and the medal at the end but the full fun experience I'm getting to pictures and I don't do because in my mind I'm just trying to finish at the best time I possibly can whereas I could just do that out in my neighborhood for free uh, it's just making me I'm, I'm it's making me reconsider that maybe I should just spend the the hundred dollars which is still too much for a 10k 10ks are like 50 bucks at the most I've never seen a 95 dollar 10k that's crazy for the 10K. Inaugural. So. Inaugural. I'm sure the medal's going to say inaugural on it. Maybe. that. You know what? But that actually makes me think. Maybe I'll just run in the 10K. Because uh-huh. I'll save money. There you go. But that's still 95. It's a lot better than 280. I bet that but Dumbo medal looks cool. If you want to... If, <laughs> if, if you would like to sponsor me, Tom, then I'll run all the time. But that's... Like 300 bucks... That's I could be staying at the Disneyland Hotel for a night, mm-hmm. and, and not have and to not run. have to run, and not have to run. That is a lot of man. I'm not angry. Too expensive. I mean, you know, I'm gonna do. I wonder how it's gonna go with this. You know, now that they've increased the price, I wonder what kind of turnout they're gonna get for this. It'll oh, still it's sell out. Sold out. It's yeah. gonna sell out. It'll sell out. Because look, I still haven't said no, have I? I'm just complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they raised their prices again. Oh, man. Okay, here's my annual pass. All right. Uh, I know. All right. Thank you, Tony. Any other housekeeping? Uh, don't forget, chat night, Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Pacific. Also, if you need to email us or you want to give us feedback on our show, that's dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. Or check out our show notes page with all our links. And there's also a link there to send us a message. Um, also, if you're interested in going on Diz Cruise 1.0 in August of 2013, oh, we are in 2013, duh, in t- August, or you want information when it is released for Podcast Cruise 5.0, email Tracy H at Dreams Unlimited Travel, that's T-R-A-C-E-Y-H at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. And let's head over to Tony with the news. A hotel tax in Anaheim could aid aging neighborhoods. Mayor Tom Tate has proposed using a portion of the transit occupancy tax, or TOT, to upgrade streets, remove graffiti, and more. Mayor Tom Tate is calling for a portion of the city's hotel bed tax to be set aside specifically to help improve some of Anaheim's aging neighborhoods. Tate wants a neighborhood improvement fund established that could use tax revenues to upgrade neighborhoods through additional graffiti removal, street repaving, and increased community policing. Several council members have called for a similar idea. Tate suggested that the improvement fund be included in discussions about the city's 2013-2014 budget. I know that the residents of West Anaheim have specifically called for more attention to issues that they uniquely face in maintaining a better quality of life, Tate said, and there are other neighborhoods that, with a little more attention, can provide a safer, more livable environment for the residents. Newly elected councilwoman Lucille Kring said she supported the idea. She campaigned this year on a pledge to spend 1% of the so-called transient occupancy tax on community improvements. 
The issue gained widespread attention earlier this year as community leaders complained that the resort district around Disneyland appeared to be thriving, while many of Anaheim's neighborhoods built in the post-World War II housing boom of the 1950s through 70s were being neglected. More of the city's resources, they argued, should go to the residents of Anaheim, not just to the area that lures tourists. Last January, when the council approved a tax subsidy worth up to $158 million to develop two luxury hotels near Disneyland, many in the community called it a giveaway of money that should be used to fix up underserved neighborhoods. Those in support of the subsidy said that such projects ultimately would generate more tax dollars for Anaheim, and that without the subsidy, no project would be built. But isn't that kind of like what a resort tax is for, to keep the resort area yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I think they got a point. As someone who teaches in West Anaheim, mm-hmm. there, it's you, and as someone who was looking at possibly moving down to the Platinum Triangle where kind of the end of the, the whole Anaheim redevelopment is and with the, the resort, there's a line and you cross a certain street and it's like you're in a whole nother world. Yeah. It's, and I mean, in the city, and we, as we've discussed in the news before, this, that's where they get the most, most of their money. Yeah. So, um, records indicated, to finish, sorry, records indicated that the collection of TOT revenues have been a big success for the city. Through the TOT, the city collects a 15% tax on top of a hotel's guest bill, hotel guest's bill. For instance, if a visitor pays a room rate of $200, they are charged $230, and the $30 goes to the city. So that kind of answers your question, Tom. 30 bucks is going to this, the city's getting a lot of extra money there. Yeah, they are. This, the city's top revenue has nearly doubled in 12 years, from 45.4 million in the 1999-2000 fiscal year to 90.4 million. That's a huge percentage. That's seems I, out that, of line. Which then, to me, makes the argument why some of it should be going to the yeah. the city. Tate has not specified how much should go to the fund. Establishing such a fund would take a vote of the council. Budget talks are set to begin in January. So yeah, that's this that'll be interesting. I mean. Where's where's all that money doing right now? Sitting in a bank or in a, a teeny bit of interest or that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's just an interest. It's going there to, is a lot of it's going to Garden Walk. Well, and you know what's funny is I know <laughs> as people that as someone who knows people who live in Anaheim and people who live in Anaheim Hills, which is still considered the city of Anaheim, it's a really weird city in that it's so huge and you're passing through other cities and there's a lot of haves and have nots and then there's the resort. And it's just interesting how you Anaheim is a very unique city in that way. And there's talk of, oh, because uh, I know people who grew up, uh, who live in Anaheim proper, and as they said growing up, they used to call themselves the flats because Anaheim Hills is still considered Anaheim, but you have million-dollar, you know, multi-million-dollar homes in Anaheim Hills, and they used to joke, oh, we just live in the flats of Anaheim. So there is a kind of a, there's a, there's a weird kind of a, culture uh-huh. and i we joke about I, that with with burbank too because half of burbank is up the side of a mountain like anaheim mills is yeah but there I'm, I'm sure that in burbank though there isn't the economic disparity between the west and the far east actually there is a touch of it but that's yeah, kind of that, every city's got it yeah i so can't anyway. afford a home up the hill let's put it that way yeah so anyways i just thought it'd be interesting to see if that yeah if, that's, if they're doing that. So speaking of that, and our in a related second, story, yes, and oh, thank you, that was better. That's why you, you, you're the boss here. Okay, in a related story, 
Anaheim cleared way for resort area expansion. The city council has cleared the way for a large expansion of the convention center and streamlined the development process within the resort district around Disneyland. The council unanimously approved the amendment to the Anaheim Resort-specific plan, the planning document that guides development within the 581-acre resort area. The approval streamlines development standards and would expedite state-mandated environmental reviews that analyze how projects could generate additional traffic, air pollution, and noise, among other effects on the environment. The resort district has been a major economic engine of the city, Councilwoman Chris Murray said. We have to look forward. This is the document that allows us to plan for future growth. The approval clears the way for Anaheim, the Anaheim Convention Center to accommodate up to, first, an additional 400,000 square feet of Convention Center exhibit space. That's an additional 400,000 square feet. I don't know where they're going to put it. 180,000 more square feet of commercial space for businesses such as retail and restaurants. 40,000 square feet of additional meeting and ballroom space, 900 hotel rooms on the city's property. The city-owned convention center has undergone five major expansions since it opened in 1967. It now has 815,000 square feet of exhibit space, which makes it the largest exhibit facility on the West Coast. If you add an extra 400,000, wow. No specific plans are in place to expand the center as of now, but city officials want to have the ability to expand it to attract more large conventions such as the music industry's NAM show, which annually attracts more than 80,000 visitors to Anaheim. Next month, the Grand Plaza is expected to open, providing an additional 100,000 square feet of outdoor exhibit space. City officials cited statistics that show there is reason for optimism about growth in the resort district. Revenue from the city's hotel bed tax has nearly doubled in 12 years, which we mentioned in the previous story. Simplifying the development process is a positive step to ensure that we remain a world-class destination. Mayor Tom Tate added, it allows people who have a dream to come here and pursue that dream. It means more businesses and more jobs. I don't know where they could, they could expand this. And, and unless they go, and they, unless they go out to West Street and get rid of some of those crap hole hotels like the Eden Rocks. Sorry, did I mention that name? Um, you know what? There, there's a, there's mm. a, there's a graphic and I'm sure you'll put it in show notes that I will give you the link to. Mm-hmm. And it will show where, um, the proposed, um, or the approved projects right. are for, for it. Trying to picture like the Annabella, the Annabella and the Eden Rock and. Yeah, but the Annabella is really popular. Right, but it's on that block. Mm. Anyway, just theorizing. Oh, and that's the news. Excellent. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Time for a rapid fire. Let's start with our guest, Michael. Okay, well, there's a lot of things going on at the um, Walt Disney Family Museum in January. You know, a lot of folks wonder, well, you know, once you go there and you see the exhibits, what what else is there to do? But the, uh, every month there are new activities, presentations, uh, and events that go on that um, that for members, uh, you know, that just keep bringing us back to the museum. Um, the special exhibitions are continuing. The Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the creation of a classic exhibit, continues to run through April 14th. You know, we talked about that in a previous episode. And Between Frames, the magic behind stop-motion animation is running um, through April 28th, and I wrote about that in, um, in a blog um, for the Diz. One of the things that they do every month is that they film a classic um, 
Disney movie, or they, they present a classic Disney movie. Um, they only show films that were, uh, you know, produced when Walt Disney was alive. Okay. So in January, you, you actually can see two films. Um, one is Sleeping Beauty that was produced in 1959. That screens daily at 1.30 except um, Tuesdays, and it will also won't be screened on the 19th. And also, they're continuing to screen Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs this month in conjunction with this special exhibition. And that screens um, every day at 4 p.m. Um, also, there's a couple of special presentations going on. One is the Disney Classics, Preserving Walt's Vision. That's Saturday, January 19th. Um, this is about how the Walt Disney Studios preserves their film collection for future generations to enjoy. Theodore Gluck, the studio's director of library restoration and preservation, is going to present an exclusive look at inside the processes used to bring these beloved films to a contemporary world. Um, starting with the development of Technicolor and continuing through the early days of CinemaScope, Gluck will demonstrate the challenges now faced by the studio restoration team as they work to restore these world-renowned films to their original splendor. And this is also um, presented in conjunction with the um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves creation of a classic exhibition. There's also some special classes that they have, not only for children, but they have a couple of classes for adults that they might be interested in. One is about the conservation and preservation of animation cells with Martin Salazar, and that's Saturday, January 19th from 10 a.m. until noon. And what he's going to do by using the Walt Disney Family Museum's collection of priceless Disney animation cells um, the he's the museum art conservator Martin Salazar is going to discuss how these cells were first created, explain the causes of cell deterioration, and demonstrate the techniques he's developed to care for these treasures. Salazar will also discuss the ethical challenges faced by institutions when attempting to preserve fragile artifacts. He's also then going to conclude this with a guided tour of the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves exhibition. Um, this, is, this class is for participants who are 18 years old and above. Space is limited. Registration is required. And you can um, register um, online at the website. Um, it's $40 for adults, $30 for students. For members, it's $35. They also have a stop-motion puppet construction with um, Ruben Escueda, and this is a class on Saturday, January 26th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, Ruben Escueda is an independent filmmaker and animation mentor, and he's going to lead a hands-on four-hour master class for animators at all levels of experience. Participants will learn the process of building a professional-quality stop-motion puppet armature, which will be ready for use in animation by the end of class. Participants will also learn other types of puppet construction, including wood, ball, and socket, and prefabricated toy puppet armatures. The class is going to involve the use of wire-cutting materials and epoxy, so they recommend that you wear comfortable clothing. Also, you want to um, pre-register for this class. It's for 18 years old and above. 
Um, it's for all levels of experience. This class is $55 for adults, $35 for students, and for members it's $45. Also, um, on the first two weekends in January, on Saturdays and Sundays from um, on the 5th and 6th and 12th and 13th from 1 to 3 p.m., they have the open studio. And that's where you can just drop in and create stop-motion animation in the uh, media studio. And then they actually, uh, you can create an animated film. Um, you can go through storyboards and concept art and just create like a, a 30-second or one-minute um, little stop-action animated film, So, which is really cool. I I did that on one of their Animate the Night um um, uh, uh, events that they have on um, like the first Friday of every month and they did that and it was a lot of fun so those are the events that are going on at the Disney Museum I have another rapid fire and that is that for the special presentations the ticket prices went up and it was a bit of a surprise to members because it went up without any sort of a warning uh-huh. so what it, previously for the special um, presentations, such as I talked about the one coming up in January, which is on preserving the, um, you know, the Disney films. Previously, members pay ten dollars to attend one of those um, presentations. It's it's gone up to eighteen dollars. Ouch. Um, yeah, it's it was about an eighty percent increase. Yeah. So so they're keeping in traditions, you know, the, the grand <laughs> Disney tradition. Um, for the general, pu- the general public, it's twelve dollars now. It's twenty, but nobody wow. can figure out when this happened because when the calendar is released on December fifteenth, and I was at Disney World, so on December sixteenth, I was in the Grand Floridian lobby, and I'm on the phone ordering my tickets, and I was ordering them at the previous price, so it went up somewhere. Between, you know, now right. and December 16th, and nobody really knows when it went up. Wow. So, it's still a bargain, I mean, because you really meet incredible people. I mean, in a lot of these presentations, you're meeting people who work directly with Walt. Right. Or you're meeting people that, you know, were in a, a, a classic Disney film, you know, that we grew up with. And you know, and this is a generation of people that are no long that won't be with us much longer, or we or we meet people that are, are working on either Pixar or Disney films currently, or Imagineers that are working on attractions in the park currently, and um, it's still it's still worth the price, but for such a sudden increase with no announcement, it, it's. Um, it's creating a stir, you know, on, on the Internet, as you can imagine, among members right now. Right. But um, anyway, so, so that's what's going on at the Disney Museum. So if you're up in Northern California, definitely check the website and see if you can come up on a weekend when one of these events is going on. Excellent. And, and really enhance your experience there. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, you're welcome. Jo- Coming up, um, actually, it's actually started. It's the uh, Return to the Golden Horseshoe with a the act called A Salute for the Golden Horseshoe Review. And this is going to be going on through February 4th, um, Thursday through Sunday. And I highly Thursday recommend... Thursday through Monday, I think. Thursday through Monday. I'm sorry? Thursday, Thursday through, through Monday? Yep. 
That's what I meant. I know. And this will be going up through February 4th, um, Thursdays through Mondays, and it's going to be an homage to the original Golden Horseshoe Review and the uh, one that the show that took place after it. And that's it. And it's limited time magic. Yeah. This is isn't this the this is the first uh, limited time magic I think they're going to be having. Well, I think they're con- they considered the Three Kings Day that just passed to be part of the limited time magic, but that we had that last year too. So it's kind of yeah. A, I don't think they I don't think they do at least not from what Aaron was saying. No, the the, the website the limited time magic websites has lists the Three Kings listed the Three Kings. Oh. You know, yeah. so. it, it I glossed listed. right over it. Yeah. I, yeah, I glossed right over it because of the um, because they did have it last year. Yep. So is okay. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. But I can hardly wait to see this. This is this is one of my favorite shows, and um, if you remember, I actually got the honor of meeting Wally Pog at his home yeah. before he passed away, and so I'll be thinking of him when I see this show. It's going to be interesting to see how this one stands up because I grew up with the original with you know Don Novus and um, you know Betty Taylor Wally Bogue. I mean we never missed it, and it's it's going to be tough to see it. I mean it, those are big shoes to fill. I mean well, it's they, really they, going to be tough. They did change it up though. They they had um, I don't know if it was when Wally Bogue retired, but they changed up the show. That like remember the the one where she's looking for. Uh, Looking for a, oh, what is, how does that go, Michael, where she has the, uh, the mirror? Mirror, yes, yes. Uh-huh. I can hear the song in my mind, too. They had changed it up and they no longer had that song. They had, um, like, for instance, this, uh, tribute's gonna have Belly Up to the Bar Boys. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't part of the original show. So they're gonna be having, um, Bits and pieces of. Yeah, bits and pieces okay. of shows. Okay. So it's not the full show. Yeah, they're calling it a salute to. Oh, okay. Okay. Kind of like a tribute to Captain EO. (laughs) (laughs) Limited time magic. (laughs) With limited time special effects. Yes. All right, thank you. Well, you guys have, you guys have been listening to all the controversy that's been going on on the boards and on Facebook about people commenting about how wonderful our first, you know, our first really big limited time magic thing is versus Florida's. Oh no! No, I haven't Florida. seen what's Florida. Oh my gosh! Florida gets a, a week is, of New Year's, right? Yeah, they get some. They basically get a Buzz Lightyear dance party. Yeah, for a, for a week. For a week? Or no, but it's we, only on weekends. We would already had a this. lot of the stuff they're doing. Yeah. Except, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just their labeling. All, so, all right. Um, my turn. I just wanted. Well, to... Well, before before you go, who else is planning on going? To. To the um. To oh. see the Salute to the Golden Horseshoe review. Because it's going to be, even though it's, it's just on the time. weekend, yet you have until, you have the, essentially the month of um, January. 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 We're going to be down there just a few weeks after it ends, so we just okay. miss it. I wish it was running longer. Yeah. But, but it's limited That's time magic. Hence limited time. <laughs> well, they can have longer limited times. Yeah, Just shake that little years. wand a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. Okay. <laughs> Extended limited <laughs> time. That's it. Wow. Due to demand. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. I wanted to remind people about the Southern California City Pass. Uh, prices increased in 2013 just a little bit. That is a ticket, a three-day 
hopper to the Disneyland Resort, plus a ticket to Universal Studios Hollywood, and a ticket to SeaWorld Adventure Park. And 2013 prices are $269 for kids and $306 for adults. That Those are the advanced purchase online prices, which is what you should do if you want to get the Southern California City Pass. And we'll have that link in the show notes and news. Information is always on the ticket page for it on the DIS, on the WW Info site. Uh, Nancy. Okay, speaking of everything going up, um, no. we have oh, yeah. another price. <laughs> oh, price we're not with the wand increases. No, not the wand. No. Okay, the wand's not. This time, all of those people who spoil their children <laughs> and think it's so wonderful to see their kids all done up in as princesses. Oh, um, not the glitter. They're going to be paying a little bit more for that privilege. Good. It um, looks like it, it, um, the coach package and the crown package are each going up. We're talking $5. about the Bibbidi Bobby Boutique, right? Yes, we. Okay. The Boutique. Yes, what that, was that too. What was that, Tom? <laughs> the Boutique. <laughs> anyway. All I can think of is how tight they, how tight those little girls' foreheads look when they when they get those buns. Oh, yeah. I noticed that the other day. Oh my gosh, those poor little girls. Now, they must end up with huge headaches. Now which 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 prices are going up again? Uh the the two lowest cost packages okay. are going up five dollars each, the coach and the crown. Coach, and do they get an expensive purse with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want the Dooney the Dooney package. The coach's hair, makeup, a princess satch, a cinch sack, so yes, that's a purse, um, and body jewels. And that one's 54 now. Body jewels. Or, Aren't they a little younger yeah, than 54 body 54 jewels? 94 dollars now. <laughs> no, those, I think those prices go up when? I'm sure they're tasteful. Uh, they're going up okay. at the end of January, January 28th. So if you've got reservations to have your kid bibbidi bobbidi boot, uh, then... <laughs> Go ahead, you know, breathe easy if they're uh, if they're doing it before the twenty eighth. Breathe easy, yeah. All right, thank you, Nancy. Tony. Except don't breathe in that glitter. Yeah, no. <laughs> choking, exactly. Choking on pixie dust. <laughs> exactly. Just, just when you thought that the that the end of January was a perfect time to come and visit our lovely Disneyland Resort because there won't be big crowds. I just have to remind everyone that January twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. The NAM show, which stands for the National Association of Music Merchants, will be in town. And that means I'm on their website, 95,000 plus registrants. Yep. That's one of the bigger. It, it's one of the yeah. biggest ones. That's why. Okay. 15, you know 15, why that's one of the biggest ones? Every single, every single sponsor, um, instrument manufacturers, record labels, they have all these infamous um, impromptu concerts with some of the biggest names in music. Okay. Somebody that, might be having somebody playing at their, you know, like Jeff Beck maybe, you know, playing at Fender's booth. Okay. 15,000. So, so we already have 95,000 registrants, 15,000 plus buyers, 1,400 plus exhibitors. So it will be, there will be a lot of people. And if you include their families, I'm just letting everybody know that January 24th to 27th, and let, maybe you want to go, I don't know, but I'm just saying it won't, that is not a weekend that... That's one of those, li- come back and listen to Mary Jo's yes. segment that's coming up about challenging circumstances. But I think it's important <laughs> because you might think 
when you go on the Disneyland website, if you're booking your, you know, trip from Northern California or whatever, there's nothing that's going to say, hey, the 100,000 yeah. people are in town for a convention. That's, yep. You wouldn't know, so I think it's important to let our Excellent. listeners know. I agree. Thank you, Tony. Time for the thread of the week. Mary Jo? This week's thread of the week is one called Brag About It Here. What at Disneyland have you figured out? And, you know, there's been a few different threads that talk about secrets and stuff like that, but this one's a little bit different. Also kind of ties in uh, with my uh, segment this week, and it's basically things if you figured out to make your visit a little bit easier. And on this one, this thread's by at Southwest Tense Rappin, maybe? S-W-T-O-N-S. <laughs> like to buy C-R-A-P-P-N. Yeah, so. And re- a relatively new, uh, Dizzer, so welcome to the Diz. And, um, this person puts, for our family, we usually visit the park starting on a Friday or Saturday, then end at midweek. For us, that means seeing all the weekend-only stuff, but not feeling frantic about not getting on the good rides. We also keep a bottle of water and a bottle of soda in our bags, a piece, um, the water you can refill at the fountains. Anybody want to share what works well with your family? And in this thread, people are putting in the tips and tricks that they've discovered um, to make their visits a little bit easier at the park. Like, this one's a, another good one. Always ask if they have some sort of discount. You never know. You might have an annual pass discount, um, the Disney Visa discount, the AAA discount. So if you don't, add, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained with that. Um, one was sharing meals because sometimes you get large portions like at the Plaza Inn. Um, you can usually ask for a small cup of ice water for free at most places. And that way you don't need to carry bottles or let's say you forgot um, to get bottled water or, you know, sometimes they, they it can add up. Um, the coffee refills are free if you get them at the market house. I think uh, Tony's probably at shared that now. one before. <laughs> yeah, at least for now. We'll see when Starbucks takes it over. Um, it's not all about, about the rates. So often people discuss checking off rides, but take time to visit the other things that happen in the park, watching the Dapper Dans and watching the other um, incredible, amazing talent that they have. Another one is don't leave anything special for the last day because things happen. That's another. There's a, there's a bunch of really good ones. And um, I thought I'd ask you guys what, what about you? What works for you when you go visit the Disneyland Resort or Walt Disney World? Disney World? What the? I'm sorry. I meant Disneyland Park. Oh, that's what you that, The other one slipped out. <laughs> I like this one, too. Yeah. This one says they bring, they learn to bring a hanging air freshener for the room. <laughs> I saw that one. Oh, my. Yeah. They said sometimes they end up in a room that uh, maybe had they had the prior uh, visitors had a baby in there and they had poopy diapers. And the room doesn't smell so fresh, so they bring. I have a friend who always, and I think it's a great idea. She brings those uh, concentrated air fresheners, and uh, I don't know who she's shared rooms with before, but she, whenever she goes to a hotel, she brings that for the restroom. If anybody uses it, just freshen the air so the other, the other uh, visitors don't have to suffer through. Uh, That's a good not idea. So air. Yeah, she. She has a lot you of... You room with Tom a lot, didn't you? Hey. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's my son and I, and I'll be like, okay, I'll go, up, go ahead and go up to the room. I know this is too much information. Why am I going up to the room? Well, I got to the bathroom, and you got to go, too, and there's only one. 
So, yeah, I think that's a good idea. That's a great Always idea. Always be the first one to go. That's my hint. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I would go downstairs. But anyway, that's not what I've learned. But Okay, so, so let's go. Tony, what about you? What? What, what have you learned for when what, you go what, what, do you, what do you brag about that you know yeah. that people don't know? But, no, I I don't think – I think other people know it. It's just get – as much as I hate getting up early, getting up early because you get through more – since you said this, I met some people that are from New Zealand. And they were – I was talking to them and they actually got a 14-day pass, which exists apparently for people from Australia <laughs> yeah. and New Zealand. And so I was talking to them and, and I said, get there early. And they said, oh – yeah, we've noticed you get through so, you know, so much stuff at the time. And then I know this is, maybe this is a negative way to put it. Don't eat at the Blue Bayou. It's not worth the price. Yep. I, I hate to go yep. negative, but it's, it's the ambiance and, and not worth the price. And then, um, oh gosh, and I'm, you know, I'm horrible with knowing what the name of the group is. The, um, the group that's outside the Gorham Horseshoe. Oh, the Laughing Stock Company. Yes, they're awesome. And I remember one of my favorite memories of Disneyland was Andrew and I kind of discovered them, and then we made sure we came back for each of their their shows and to kind of give Wayne his due, like finding the entertainment and those little things because that's that's I guess that's what I found. So that's it. Nothing nothing earth shattering. That's a good one, Nancy. Ooh, that's a good question. Um. I, I feel proud that I already knew one of the top food items in the park, and I've been bragging about it for years, those cream cheese stuffed pretzels. Oh and then gosh. all of a sudden now Disney puts it on their blog last week or week before that, oh, top food items in the park, blah, blah, blah. I introduced pretzel to those. I agree with you, Nancy. You introduced me to those. Mm-hmm. I I Disney, didn't Disney oh. World just get them? Yes. I think they did. I'm not sure if they got the cream cheese. Did they get the I think they, they did. They just got Mickey pretzel. I know they just got the Mickey-shaped pretzel. I think I read somewhere they just got the, the cream soft cheese cream ones. cheese ones. It's not just cream cheese. It's the jalapeno cream cheese-filled pretzels. Well, no. There's the jalapeno and the regular cream cheese. Oh, I go for the jalapeno. You don't, like, you don't like the sweet cream cheese one, which is the one that I talk about all the time. Oh, that, that one's Okay. But you also gave me the jalapeno cream cheese, yeah. and that was to die for. Like my, I, I, I literally had my cousin get it, and her eyes rolled back in her head. She liked nice. it so much. <laughs> oh, and the other, my other thing is that uh, the Plaza Inn will let you package things as takeout. You can, you can actually oh, get takeout for. And the they will also in. give you to-go cups. Yep. Yes, you're right. Because I'm the king. Of, yeah, you're right. I forgot that. Was yeah, did, you, a, did we discover that together? I think so. You guys, Nancy already knew I've that. Been, yeah. I've been doing it for years. Because we'll, we'd get it and then we'd take it and go sit in the hub. No, 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 no. Even after you eat your meal there and refill yourself three times, oh, you, can yeah, ask, yeah, yeah. you can still ask for a to-go cup. To That's oh, really nice. I actually didn't know that part because yeah. I don't drink that much. Because I am a woman with a bladder. <laughs> I'm a man our, our with a bladder. <laughs> I think all of us have bladders, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Well, you know what I'll do is I just go and I just take the, uh, I just take a stack of the plastic cups and some silverware, and then I've got a whole kitchen set. That's what I've discovered. Okay, Tony, we'll no, just gloss over that one. Michael? That's the, no, I, I didn't. I know. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, 
Well, for for whatever hotel room we're in, I have a like a kit bag of nothing but an extra set of chargers for every electronic device we bring, and it. And that way, I don't have to worry that I've left one at home because I just have an extra set to bring with me. Um, I always pack a power strip because it's remarkable that no matter how recently that room has been refurbished or built, there's not enough uh, electric outlets. And I bring a plug-in nightlight for the bathroom because a lot of times those rooms are so dark because of their curtains, if you have to get up in the middle of the night or something, you can't you can't find the light switch or whatever. So I have a nightlight I just plug in so that we can find our way. And then a couple years ago, I I had to take my first solo trip to Disneyland, and it was sort of a weird experience for me. And I spent the day I I, I just did nothing but listen to all the um. The, the music, all the, all the entertainment and the street atmosphere. I just followed the little times guide, went around and it was, and I went, I think maybe on two attractions the whole day. And I had the best time because I think a lot of people don't, don't take time to appreciate the music that Disneyland provides because, because they don't have a lot of that at Disney World. Yeah. And it was even like at, um, you know, uh, what, what's the French restaurant? Cafe or not cafe or no, French, French market. market. Yeah, okay. French market. I, know, I even Easy. just sat in there and listened to the jazz band and they have a, a beautiful, yeah, a wonderful singer. And, mm-hmm. you, and a lot of, it, it was just fantastic. And, you know, I encourage people to take time out to really enjoy the music because then at the end of the day as I was leaving, they had me take a, a survey at, in an office. At mm-hmm. the side of um, City Hall, and all it was, the whole survey was just asking me all about the music, the live performances, and if I had bothered to, um, you know, listen to them. And I thought I know what they're planning to do, <laughs> and so <laughs> I knew it was budget cuts. And luckily, my whole day had been spent listening to them, so I was able to totally skewed the survey. <laughs> yes, I did totally. I hope so because that's I'm um, talk about appro- appropriate times, but I'm 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 shocked that you were hit by a survey taker. My yeah, mind. really, huh? That's yeah, rare. and and they, and they took me into a room where they had computers set up, and I had to fill out the survey right there. Yeah. It was right like, near the tour guide, um, you know, garden. Right. It's like you were counting cards in a casino, and they they brought you to the back and <laughs> make sure. Um, yeah, really. You know what? I I want to piggyback on what he said about the chargers. That's a great idea. I need to do that. I was reading recently on a tech blog that for people that aren't as now that everybody's gonna have the strip and all the stuff that you just said. But for those of you that forget, they suggested that a lot of TVs will have a USB port, and you could use if you have a USB connector. If you run out of chargers, you can use it. You can use the TV's USB port. I went, oh, that's a good idea. It was on one of those tech blogs, but there's a little additional. I thought, oh, that's a good idea. So I thought I'd share since it meant because you were mentioning chargers and stuff. I'll I'll just follow up on that, piggyback on that, on two piggybacks. Um, Don't forget that behind the Main Street cone, or yeah, the Main Street cone shop, the lockers there have charging lockers for your electronic devices, uh, $2 an hour. They have two kinds of lockers, one that just has a 
plain old outlet in it to plug whatever you have in on it, and the other that has two different kinds of cords already in there. So like your, for your iPhone and then for one other device, they have those in there. So don't forget about the charging lockers. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that people who don't know anything about Disneyland need to be aware of is the fast passes. It's amazing that you still have people coming to the park that don't know about fast pass. So do oh my god, and the that. dirty looks they give they give the people who get them in line is just unreal. You can always tell who doesn't know about them. The last time I was at Disneyland, um, I decided to ride the fire engine because I've never <laughs> ridden it before, and it was and since Bob Gurr personally uh, got you know got the fire engine in, and I said okay I'm going to ride this. And I sat with this couple, or across from this couple, and they asked the uh, conduct the driver, "Where does this go?" And he says, "Well, it goes to the castle." And they said, "Which castle?" Whoops. And he looked at me. And I <laughs> looked at them. I go, "You've never been to Disneyland before, have you?" And they were. It was their first trip ever, and so I started talking about fast passes and telling them where to go and and stuff like this. Again, they were there at the busiest time of the year with no clue. I mean, they didn't, they had no idea what castles, how many castles Disneyland had. And I heard, I heard the fire truck driver mutter under his breath, what castle? (laughs) We both started laughing, but, um, it was really cute. So I think that's an excellent point too, Tom. Look in your guide to see what, what, um, attractions have fast passes and plan accordingly. All right. Sounds like a fun thread. Thank you, Mary Jo. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plus. Wait, before you go, before you go, you guys all had, I expect you all to type your answers in that thread now. Oh, jeez. Actually, I have one I didn't leave. bring up, so I'll have to Oh, and I have another there. one I wanted to throw in, so Michael, okay. go first. Oh. No, no. He said he's going to no. type it in the thread. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, thank you, Mary Jo. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week, and of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Everybody.